Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome to a Monday morning. It's a snowy Monday morning, and you may not be able to go anywhere today. Um, of course, of course, Mr. Uh, our producer, uh, Benny Mathers, he, he got up at the ungodly hour of, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, well, I still do that, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you do that whether part... you want to or not. Right. But... <laughs> But but you so you 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 were able to get to the studio yes and uh, but that's because you are an extraordinary driver I and then I pulled some strings I I told everyone to get off the roads I'm coming in make room <laughs> okay <laughs> lay down the dirt let's do this exactly well it's it's still what is it 15 degrees outside sure I haven't been out since <laughs> for, for six hours so I'll take it yes that's right, good keep, it, keep in mind that this is a gentleman <laughs> that is doing the weather and traffic and he doesn't know what the temperature is I mean there's an average Kevin and it depends on where you are and sure looking outside it looks cold I'll just go with that <laughs> okay so what's the weather gonna do for us this week are we done or is there more that's nah, gonna be a little hit and miss uh, up until Thursday we'll probably get a little bit more showing up of the snoo showers so yeah <laughs> Still going to make uh, Washington look uh, beautiful, or the local Seattle area, that is. Well, it's going to be beautiful all over Washington yeah. because it's all white mm-hmm. at the moment. So so that's great. Well, thank you, Benny, and uh, it, it, uh, we'll, be, we'll be checking in with you perhaps a little bit later. Yeah, but... you might have to wake me up. Yeah, I... <laughs> Well, we'll do that because if you got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's time for a nap. Yeah, but again, think. that's usual for me. It's my lunchtime right now, so. Oh, cool. That's right. It would be, wouldn't it? Yep. I, I, yeah, well. Putting that in a process for you. I know, right? I know. I don't, I don't process that well. Um, our, our guest today is an uh, author. He has been around for a very long time. The book itself is called The Fix Yourself Handbook. He has been working in this process way of life. And that's a whole program that he has developed, and uh, he's been doing this for a for a long time. Uh, you can and uh, we've had him on the show before. Um, well, I had him on the podcast. hasn't been on KKNW yet, so I'm excited for him to be here today. And uh, his name is Faust Regigio, and he is. And the name of the book is a Fix Yourself Handbook: Using the Process Way of Life to Transform Your Life into a Happy, Healthy journey and uh, Faust how are you welcome to the show I'm great Kevin uh, thanks for having me back it's great to be sitting and talking with you again it's been a little while yeah well I, I, I wanted to have you back because uh, your book has done very very well and it is becoming a guidepost in a lot of ways for the coming changes that are coming up for all of us I think you know uh <laughs> There are changes everywhere. And, you know, what I'm trying to get people to do is to look at this and say, stop trying to figure out all the changes because you're not going to. The, right. the moment you think you got the, the change you were working on, the next one came along or the one you were working on is different. <laughs> uh, just try to work with yourself. Get yourself strong. 
you know, get the insecurities and all that stuff out of the way, get yourself feeling good about yourself. And, uh, and then you'll be able to deal with all these other things as they come along and just make. Uh Oh, yeah, we got him back there. Yeah. A little zoom situation. We should be all right. Square things up. I write it every, I retriangulated everything for you, Kevin. Oh, very, very we, nice. We should be good. I think we're back. Foster, you back? I am here. There we go. See? Oh, very nice. I, I don't know what kind of magic he did, but you disappeared and then you came back. It's kind of <laughs> kind of cool. I, I think that producer of yours who's, who's tired is playing games with him. I him. did none of the sort. <laughs> How dare you? You made that weather joke about him, and I think he got back at it. <laughs> right. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. So um, we're, we were t- let's see. Uh, that was so long ago. We were talking about, um, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and, and and that there's a lot of change happening. But change begins with yourself and becomes in – tell us about that. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunately the way we, we've evolved to work. We, we tend to uh, monitor what's outside of ourselves. Then we try to adapt to it and then eventually try to control it, which we never do. And, you know, so all the impetus comes from the outside. Uh, well, we can't control the outside. And I always tell people, it's like anything else, control what you can control. That's you. So the stronger you get, the more you work on all those little things that are tearing at you, get some old past stuff straightened out, uh, get your fears about what's, you know, uh, what, what's coming uh, in your direction. Get all those things worked out and learn how to deal with you. Get your emotions in check. Uh, learn how to be honest with yourself. Get a plan for life. And that, that's what I teach. If you can do all of that, all this outside stuff just isn't that big. How do you teach yourself to be honest with yourself? Because that seems to be every, everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of folks have a problem with really seriously sitting down and taking a real honest to goodness look at their life and who they are and, and being honest with themselves. How do you teach people to do that? You know, honesty is a process. And when I when I wrote the book, even in that chapter, I said, this will be the hardest thing you do, you ever do. I don't care what's going on in your life. Getting honest with yourself, because there's so many games we play. There's so many defenses. Uh, we're all, you know, a little bit, we're, we're very we're terrified to show ourselves to the, to the world and even to admit our own faults. And I just say, keep on looking at the facts. The facts, they never change. Benny? <laughs> yeah so what i think gentlemen we should maybe do is go and disable our video that might clear things up just a little bit on the network all right yeah let's uh, try that well we'll try that and yeah see. sorry uh to our listeners out there we are working through technical difficulties <laughs> it is it is one of those things that to when you when you are um and in the remote locations yes which we are because I don't want to drive in this, and and Foss is in Pennsylvania, and he doesn't want to it... drive to Seattle for this. I'm yeah. not driving to Seattle. <laughs> if you guys want to give me a plane flight and hook me up in a hotel, I'm game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that would that. Let's see, that would be a full day and a half and a night and for an hour interview. That would not be the best use of your time, I wouldn't think. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll go with it though, Kevin. I'll I'll work with it. Awesome. We, we'll take you to down to Pike Place, and you can catch a fish. There you go. So, so anyway, we're we're talking with um, um, Faust uh, Resigio, and he's written the book, 
which is called, hold on just a second, I, uh, the Fix Yourself Handbook and uh, Using the Process Way of Life to Transform Your Life into a Happy, Healthy Journey. And one of the things that you do, you're also a podcaster of note, and uh, you do a couple of podcasts, one of which is a business podcast. Tell me a little bit about the, the business podcast and what you guys focus on. Yeah, you know, I actually do three. I do my own podcast, which is just uh, I'll take things like honesty or whatever and, uh, and and do 20 or 30 minutes on it. And then I have two radio shows that I'm involved with. One is basically what we're doing here. And I interview different guests, all different types of people. I've had people that, uh, um, you know, some some life, some world changers there. The last one we did, we had a business uh, person on. Um, we, we've had people that, um, uh, are, uh, other, other psych- uh, psychiatrists I've had on, I've had, pe- I've had a woman who practices shamanism on all different kinds of things, spiritual people, uh, self-help people, you know, that's on, it, it's called fix it with Faust. It's on healthy life, uh, radio. And then on the same, uh, platform on healthy life, I do a, a business program for uh, business and corporate leaders to help get them strong enough to deal with the changing world. Uh, with a beautiful person by the name of Rhonda Williams. Very nice. And the name of that show again is? The Leadership Power Hour. The Leadership Power Hour. I love that title. Now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because um, business and business relationships and um, the way businesses operating are changing to a great degree right now. They are changing to the point that really no one knows how to forecast it. Um, you know, brick and mortar is going away. The employee market is completely different. I, you know, I, we were we were talking on the uh, on the show last week, and um, uh, we, we the topic we were talking about is how protective Americans were about their jobs. You know, with people coming in from other countries and they're stealing our jobs. And here we are now uh, at the end of 2021. And American workers don't want their jobs. Um, <laughs> it's you know, ironic, isn't it? It's a completely different workforce. Um, and, and the other thing that, you know, there's been a lot of so-called free money out there, some which will Americans will pay back to the government. They, they don't understand that part of it. And other parts of it where, uh, you know, it's just been there. Now, eventually, this has been going on for about a year and a half. Eventually, that's going to dry up. And, and, and we're going to have to deal with all of that. We're going to have a lot of angry, disgruntled workers coming back in. Uh, the workers that are there now don't, uh, aren't as loyal as they used to be. Um, uh, they, they have a tendency to go from job to, to job much faster. Uh, the, it, the world economy is changing. You know, it was, it's completely different than it was two years ago. So, you know, uh, you get corporate leaders and they're trying to do things the way they've always done them. That's not going to work, uh, at least not as well as it used to. So, you know, we, we start talking about the last thing we uh, show we did was on team building and how to build trust in your organization, uh, you know, because that's what's going to have to happen now. You, you know, it, it, and it's not just, you know, the uh, frontline workers that are coming and going. It's management personnel. It's uh, executive people. You know, everyone's jumping ship and going to the best place available. So, you know, you really have to put together something that makes some sense, that communicates, that's efficient, uh, that understands where things are going. And you can't understand what's going on out there until you understand what's going on in your own company. Exactly. And, you know, what's interesting about all of that, as an example, and if you, you're not paying attention um, and somebody that's listening out there, um, the American workforce is changing because 
they are leaving jobs in droves. Like in August, there were 4 million uh, people that left their jobs in August, and I think that number is continuing uh, month over month. And it's because of the unhappiness with what they're doing. They're not feeling fulfilled. Um, they're not They're not making enough money. Um, uh, they, they realize that um, life is short and they want to do something else with it. And that's, and that's what uh, the, the business leaders of today have to get their grip around, isn't it? That they've got to understand that, that people are interested in more than what they used to do and be willing to do, right? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I, I, one of the companies that I work with, you know, was, uh, it's, a, it's an iron uh, foundry kind of place. And, uh, and they uh, have always had a very, very loyal following. People came there, worked 40 years, you know, they, 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 it's a union shop, but they, so they negotiated and stuck to the contract. The young people coming in today really don't care. Uh, they'll work if they don't like it, they'll leave. And I'm, you know, and, or they'll work long, you know, they'll play the game, they'll work long enough to uh, be, get released and then go back on unemployment. It, it's a game everyone's playing. And, um, you know, some of it means you're going to have to, you know, ride this thing out. We're going to see what happens when all this money ends, because it has to end. You know, we're, we're printing paper with no gold to back it up. I mean, it can only, it can only go so long. Uh, so, you know, probably somewhere this year, this money's going to stop and then we're going to see where things go. But in the meantime, all these business people have to be able to build strong teams because that's how you're going to weather this storm. Exactly. It's, it's important that people build that, 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 uh, corporate leadership changes their way of thinking. It, it, it used to be for years. It was a top down philosophy. We're the CEO. We'll tell everybody what to do. We'll do a memo, and then everybody will do what we say, and and stuff like that. It's now more of a bottom bottom up philosophy that seems to me that would make a lot more sense. Does that make sense? Well, it, it's it, we're we're getting more noise from the bottom up, you know. Um, so you know, and you have to pay attention to that. That's what we're trying to teach these people. You're right when you say uh, it used to be top to bottom. You know, I'm I'm the CEO. I built the business, or I ascended to this level. But what happened was that there became a kind of a of an internal disconnect where your your corporate leaders, you know, they, they don't know what to go in the foundry or on the business floor. They don't know what was going on there. So, you know, it might have gone from the worker to the supervisor to an operations manager to some type of, uh, you know, maybe it's human resources to a vice president. And the guy at the top really didn't know what was going on and often didn't care. Uh, that's what other people's jobs were for. And what's happened now is that with the uh, business climate, those people who are working the floor, those, fl those frontline workers have said, well, we understand that we're the guts of this operation. If we don't come in, all you guys that ascended to these levels or built these businesses, that's wonderful. Good for you. However, you know what? We don't have to come in and we dictate the pace. And they began. And that's what happens in every you know, insurrection, if you will. That's what a, what's going on in the business world. It's hit there before it hits the country. It seems to be coming for the country. I hope I'm wrong. But, um, you know, the, the bottom is saying, eh, you know, we're the ones that have been doing all the work all this time. So, you know, we're going to start exerting some influence here and you better listen to us. 
Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Um, it used to be, if you were in my age group or even even the next generation behind us, it was, you know, you, you have a dream, you work your life, you get the picket fence, you get the wife, you get a couple of, a couple of kids, and, and then you work at some place, and then you may transition to two or three jobs in the same field over time but you'll basically you're doing the same stuff and then you retire and then you go figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life whatever's left and now the kids are can come up and saying no that's not really my idea of what i'm going to do we're going to do it differently and they are saying that i mean the problem for those for those young people is that they don't really have a plan they know they don't want this Right. Uh, and, and, and again, they, they need they're going to need to define their course um, and the business people who are going to who are going to really have the most to lose, because while these other people are figuring out what they don't want to do and what they need to do, the businesses uh, can go under real quick. And, you, you, you know, what I we tell business people is you're not looking to sell out to these people or anything like that, but you do have to hear them and they will have some good information if you're willing to listen. No one says you have to go uh, listen to the people who are three or four or five steps below you and, and then do what they say. It's just about getting a, getting a good communicative venture going so that everyone understands what we're doing and you get everyone on the same page. How do you teach a corporate leader or a uh, the owner of a company or or somebody in charge, how do you teach them to bring together a group of people and motivate them to work for the common good of all. The key, Kevin, to everything is to teach people how to listen. In the initial meetings, you're not going in there like you used to. You're going to say, here's a topic. We're going to discuss the information. Let's implement a change. We're what, what we do is, I, and for myself, when I go into businesses, I just teach them how to listen. I get them into meetings and I say, we're not going to do anything in these meetings. I just want you to listen. And then I do these little exercises and I'm not, nothing formal, nothing out of uh, worksheets. And I'm not that kind of person, but uh, exercise means I'll say, okay, what did that person say? And what did they mean? And see if they got it. And what we find is in the initial going, maybe 20% of the message is received. Um, and then as we go and do this and they start to realize I'm not hearing what anyone says, and in some cases, I don't want to, and I need to make that change first, um, yeah. then they start to realize, okay, there's a lot of information and I'm missing it. And that's when it starts to hit home, when, they, when the, the upper echelon starts to say, I have no idea what's going on down there. I don't, you know, if, if the work's getting done, I don't know if anyone's embezzling money. I don't know what's going on in my company. And they start to realize that, you know, maybe you got to come in a little bit earlier. Maybe those uh, vodka lunches should be tabled. And you want to get in and, and, and get back and be a person that's running a corporation. Absolutely. And listening is probably, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those skills that a lot of people miss because I used to, I used to see this a lot when I was a, I used to be a district sales manager for a food company and I'd go in with a sales call with a, with a sales guy and we'd be talking to the chef or we'd be talking to the uh, manager and, and I could see the wheels turning. What it was, was rather than thinking about 
listening to what the needs of the customer were, you were thinking of a response. So while the customer was talking to the salesperson, the salesperson was thinking, how am I going to respond to this objection rather than listening to what the customer was saying? And because he didn't listen, he would come up with something that was completely different than what the customer was actually saying. And so listening is a skill that this, in, in our country, I don't think is taught very well. What do you think? It isn't. And, and you know, I was going there next. I'm, I'm really uh, glad you went in that direction. Uh, the, the term I use for that is called reloading. And that's what people do. They say something. As the next guy or next person is is uh, talking, they are reloading. They're thinking about what they want to say, and then they st- then they start to say that. And now, if you're the person who was speaking while the other person is reloading, and now that person who was reloading comes back and starts talking at you, you quickly realize that they didn't listen to what you say. You feel invalidated. That's another term we use it when we're teaching this. And if I if you're invalidated, why keep talking? Why, why, why pursue this process? So it's not just about listening and talking. It's about doing this in a genuine fashion. Let me give an example of something. I do so many interviews, like, like, as you do. And uh, there are two kinds of uh, interviewers. They're the ones like you and I who are more what we call organic, where I say something, you listen, then you respond to what I say, and it goes back on my end the same way. And then they're the ones that send me 20 questions. And they say, let's cover these. And I try to discourage it, but some of them are going to stick to it. And what I'll find is that gets choppy. Okay, maybe the third question, I answered it. And there should have been a response or a clarification point because I, I know I, I'm not going to get all of it out in, in, in one response. And they go right to the next question. So right. I know at that I'm, if I'm the listener, I'm saying, well, geez, you know, I, I, this sounds very, you know, again, fragmented, very contrived. And uh, I don't want to be part of that process. So it's listening and then it's responding to what that person says. And there's an interesting key and an interesting way you can train yourself to do that. And Rhonda and I do this when we do our business show. We, we make sure every time one of us talks, the other, one, the other person says, you know, I like that point and this is what I liked about it. And then we go on, uh, comment on the point, and then introduce the next concept we had on our mind. So we listen, validate, and then respond. That, that that is a really cool idea to do, especially in a co-host situation, because I've I've <laughs> I've have worked with co-hosts that that will be doing the show together, and I'll be proceeding along a course of action based upon what the guest is saying, and then the the other person will say something that's completely off the wall or completely different because they're not paying attention, right? The way that they they need to because because if you listen. You can gather more information, in my opinion, you can gather more information by genuinely listening to what a person is saying, not only the words that are coming out of their mouth, but their body language, the energy that they are exhibiting, and uh, through that entire process, you can get an idea of what they're about and what they're talking about. Don't you find that to be true? And that's exactly what you want to do. And you know, the interesting part of that, Kevin, is that if you're a person who says, all right, I'm going to go into this meeting. I want to be in this meeting. I want to listen. I want to validate these people. I want them to feel good. I want to respond. And then, you know, let's together move in a direction. When you yourself walk out of that meeting, you feel good about yourself, the people you were talking to, the progress you, you probably made, and you're looking forward to the next meeting. 
And that's kind of how those were the checks and balances. But if I got that in my head, it's, you know, I feel good about what we did. I know I looked at these people, their body language, their, the way they responded, the way their facial gestures, uh, I, all those things. If I saw all of that and it all looked good and then we started moving in a direction, I know they're leaving and they're feeling good. When we all come back next time, we know that we have a protocol that works and, and we just need to plug into that template that, you know, listen, validate, respond, and then, and then uh, talk about action. And we can get a lot of, we can go in a lot of different directions and very efficiently. Exactly. And by the way, uh, if you were sitting at home or you're sitting in your car, probably in traffic and you're saying, yeah, but I, I don't have a company. Why am I talking? Why are we talking about this? The art of listening, and I wanted to focus in on that with Faust because the art of listening is paramount to every relationship, in my opinion, every relationship that we have is dependent upon how we listen and validate other people. Uh, at least that's that's my opinion. Faust, how about your opinion? Absolutely. You know what I find taking off on that on that idea, you know, it, it, it permeates all the various parts of our lives. What I find is that good family listeners, good people who go home and they really listen to their their spouses and their children or significant others in their lives. Uh, those are the people that come in and do the same thing. It, you know, it's not just a business tactic. It, as you and I are talking now, you know, we could have both said, uh, you, you could have said, okay, my job, I got to do this interview today. And I could have said, oh man, it's, you know, it's this time of the day. Maybe I have other things to do. You're going to know that right away. Oh, but, yeah. you know, when you come in charged and ready to go, and um, and you're and you want it. You absolutely want to hear what the other person says because you want to learn. And that's really what all this is about. Um, it's not just about experiencing it and and trying to do better in situations. Every uh, communication venture you enter into is has the potential. It's an opportunity to learn something. And the more you learn, the stronger you become. And I, so my question to people is, why would you not want to learn? Exactly. Well, learning in, in all in all phases of life is an experiential thing because we're learning through experiences, right? Absolutely. You know, and learning takes place as we kind of just slow it down a bit. Again, another example, we go into that meeting and you say, well, we got an hour and you can watch people looking at their watches and their clock, the clock in the office and whatever. And then there are other people who have absolutely no idea about that because they're focused on the information. You want to get in there and you want to put all, all your all your energy uh, into doing that. And, uh, you know, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to make it a positive experience, you start to adapt to it. Your brain gets used to that experience and then it seeks it out. But we have a tendency to like life, as I call it, on autopilot. Don't have to do much thinking. Don't have to do much learning. It's in, in front of me every day. And I don't have to exert a whole lot of effort. Well, it's like anything else. The amount of and effort is commensurate with how much you're going to learn is commensurate with how happy you're going to be. Exactly, exactly. You know, when I was in uh, a sales manager, I used to tell my sales guys to take their watch off before they go into a meeting. So it's that any distraction. Absolutely. Yeah. So that because what that what you know, it's it, have you ever I think it was who was it? Uh, it was like George W. Bush or, or what, it, it was a president. Can't remember which one that uh, during the course of a, of a speech was kept looking at his watch. 
and that that the tell there is that you're looking at your watch. You're like going, "Well, when is this going to be over?" And I've got to go do this, and, then, and because so you're not paying attention. And if you do that in a meeting, and you start looking at your watch, the person on the other side knows you're not paying attention. And as you said before, Kevin, because you're right on the mark, if if you do that in the meeting, it's it, you'll do it everywhere in your life. And good listening, all these good skills apply to everyone. Let me let me set up another scenario here. You've you've met someone, you're going to take that person out. You think you really like that person? Maybe they like you. And during the inter, the, the uh, dinner, you keep looking at your watch. The message you send might just convince that other person that maybe you wanted to be somewhere else and maybe they don't get to see you again. Uh, you know, this, the, there are, <clears throat> there's communication through words and then there's all the other incidental communication that comes along with it. And if we're going to be a little bit happier, a little more successful and productive in our personal life and our business lives, we really have to learn how to listen and then respond to what the person said. It's not all about me getting my thought out there. We do that a lot. We, we tend to, because ego's involved a little bit, we do tend to try and uh, one-up what somebody else said, like and to try and make what we say better than what they did in some cases. And rather than genuinely listening and trying to come on, on a real, if you do it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that if you do it on a real human-to-human -human level, you'll be more successful with your communication skills. There's no doubt about that. That's that's what this is all about. You know, um, when you go in, you know, you, you reload sometimes to, for that one-upsmanship. The other part of it, and even the bigger part, is we're insecure. We, we don't know oh, that, what, we're, what we want to say next. We, we haven't developed the art of listening to the other person and simply responding to what they say and having an ebb and flow back and forth, which is really easy. And we're insecure about what we're going to say, so we keep thinking about it. The other thing is we're so worried about the quality of what we're going to say. We want that other person to be at least somewhat impressed. You know, we don't want to come off as, simp as simple or, or not real intelligent. So we start directing it in, in, in varying directions. What I've always said is just keep the conversation going. That's what, if, if you think about it, what are you looking for in a conversation? I just want to keep it going, feel good. I like talking to you. I know this can uh, be a, a great time. Let's do it again. That's really all you want from the situation. And if you can build business into that or relationship into that, that's great. But that fundamental uh, aspect has to happen first. And I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I'm glad that you said earlier that um, the conversation style uh, that you both you and I use is much preferred than a list of questions. Because I keep getting people that say, well, do you have a list of questions? It's like, no, I'm going to ask one. You're going to answer it. I'm going to listen to what you say. And then we will continue a dialogue. And it's much more, it's much easier, it's much more friendly, and it's actually much more, um, much more intelligent and gets the information that we're looking for out in a much better way, I think. It does. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Again, if, if, you know, what I tell people to do is have a conscious idea of what you want that little communication uh, scene you're going to get involved in. What, how do you want that to be? 
Uh, do you want that to be something where you both have to try to, you know, uh, kind of second guess the other person, uh, be the kind that one ups them, uh, all that kind of stuff? Or when you go in, do you say, you know what, I just want it to be laid back, a nice conversation, uh, say what I want to say, let the person say what they want to say, respond, make each other feel good. If you go in with your goal in mind, then you can adjust your communication to address that goal. But if you just go in it with the same uh, scenario over and over again, they're going to talk. You're going to try to, uh, to, to one-up them or, or, or to, to reload. And what happens then is they feel like you're hijacking the conversation. That's another term I like to use, yep. uh, that you, you hijack. You know, I started talking. Next thing I know, you took over, <laughs> and you were telling me about it's this person who said this and that person, and, and now there's one conclusion delivered after another. Another point that I always tell people, stay away from in your conversation. Don't render conclusions to another person. Arrive at them together. If I give you a, a conclusion, hey, Kevin, it's this way, you're first the first thing you're going to do is say well wait a minute first of all i don't like having a conclusion put it i didn't get there i didn't get there with you you know you got there yourself and you gave me your conclusion and wanted it to be mine you know, that there's an automatic human resistance factor in that and the second thing is if you get there uh to the conclusion together that means you had to look over the information together that means you talked and you listened exactly Exactly. By the way, we're talking with Faust Rigigio. Is that? Am I saying your last name correctly, sir? No, but no one does, Kevin. I never correct anybody. <laughs> no, go ahead and correct me. I, I Rigero. Rigero. You got it. Okay, Rigero, and he's he's written the book, the Fix Yourself Handbook. I want to ask you, uh, using the process way of life to transform your life into a happy, healthy journey. What is the process way of life? It is what we began to talk uh, talk about just a few uh, moments ago, Kevin. We talked about you know honesty and uh, getting your emotions in check and all those kinds of things. I, I found uh, after about ten years of counseling that uh, you know some of the things you were taught worked, some didn't work so well. But I what what I saw in every person I counseled was that all these processes were there that people were ignoring or just weren't doing so well. Uh, being honest with yourself. Uh, learning how to slow down your life so you can understand some things, taking your life off that autopilot I talked about. Um, things like um, people-pleasing is in there and envying and learning how to have gratitude and faith and humility and all different kinds. There are all these different processes. And if you put them all in your life and learn how to use them, your life gets much more balanced. And that, that's where, when you get balanced, that's where that power comes from, that, you know, that part, that inside part of you where you can feel strong and then go attack the world. And, and, you know, I've used it in, in my private practice with about 2000 people. And now the books out there and, you know, thousands of people reading it, I'm coming back with this. You know, I, I'm hearing the same things over and over again. I can't believe how simple this was. It's been there all the time. And here I was trying everything else in the world. And that's the, you know, the crux of the whole program. Everybody, we, we've all got these things inside us. I didn't, I'm not bringing you anything new. It's all I'm doing is having you look inward and retrain your brain, so to speak, to use a few things you already had. Now, there are certain things that when you bring them up, like to me, there are certain things that I'm um, aware of 
that I know is an issue for me that I need to work on and need to try and fix. One of which is I tend to be a people pleaser. I tend to be trying to uh, make people happy, 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 and to do stuff like that. But that means that my needs don't get met all the time and stuff. How do I create balance in that? Well, it, it really starts with boundary setting. Uh, you know, and there are several chapters on all these things. Boundary setting is one of them. And, you know, it, it's a, a kind of an overstated thing, but you got to set your boundaries. And that's, you know what, Kevin, setting a boundary is easy. If, if you're the guy that... Um, comes in and, 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 and drinks all my soda every day, I can say to you, stop drinking my soda. There's a boundary. The key is to defend the boundary because right. you're going to get thirsty again tomorrow. And, you know, I would call them the boundary thieves come and they, they just dance right over our, the lines we draw. And there, it's learning how to, uh, to defend those boundaries, to be able to confront people, again, chapters on that, how you learn how to confront people and warm communication and, and getting those those boundaries out there and, and, and defending them. And once you do that, then people pleasing doesn't look the same anymore. People pleasing starts to look like, yeah, I'm doing this. The person's taken advantage of it. They really do nothing for me. And next thing I know is if I don't please them, they actually get mad at me. <laughs> so, so now what I was doing to make them feel good, I'm doing to avoid their anger. So now I'm in a survival mode. Uh, you know, so it's, it's about learning how to be, how to be strong on the insights. In this case, set boundaries, learn how to defend them, learn how to confront when necessary. Have you been studying my life? Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what you just <laughs> said is exactly the way it happens. I bend over backwards to be nice to somebody. They take, they take, they take when I stop then, the, um, or, or make a, or pause. Then they get mad at me because, <laughs> and then the whole thing blows up the way it always works. Next thing, as I say, you, you then find all of a sudden you are now, you, you, you're in a position where if you don't please them, they voice their displeasure, if not directly at you about their world and whatever it may be. And somewhere along the line, uh, somehow you should have fixed it or some part of it because they came to depend on you. And the other thing is, if you're a people pleaser, it's please don't believe that people are respecting you. They are demanding, uh, you know, your, your time and, and your energy. And when you don't give it to them, they're going to let you know that you, uh, you didn't come through. And they, and the interesting thing is, is that there is no, uh, end game. It, it continues. If you're a people pleaser and you keep changing, moving the goal line, if you will, then they will continue to push. And that's, you know, what, what I keep telling people, there is no end game. Uh, but the end game has to be, you saying to yourself, what should I do? Because the other question about people pleasing is, does this person who wants me to do something, are they capable of doing this themselves? If they are, they should. And, and that's when you say, well, I shouldn't be helping this person because um, me helping them when they can already do it for themselves is me actually helping them be weaker than they are. Then they will depend on me and when I don't come through, they're angry and I created this monster. So I'm, you know, my feeling is you help when help is absolutely necessary. And other times you have to be able to walk away and get comfortable enough saying, I know they're struggling right now and they're unhappy. Maybe they're crying, maybe they're angry. And I just have to let them go through that because they're, I did, you know, and I got to the point where I could deal with things. Why can't they? 
Well, and oftentimes people will depend on you for things that they can't do themselves. And if you can, if you're good at something and they rely upon you to do that, but you're kind of um, um, doing them a disservice because they're you're they're not you're not helping them achieve what you've already learned. Does that does that make any sense? That's where I'm going with that. I, I, an example, you know, it, it's uh, you know here's the, here's the fourth grader who's learning math and whatever. He says he can't do it and doesn't really put himself into it. And mommy or daddy comes and helps him. Next thing you know, mommy and daddy are doing part of the exercise. And then while the kid goes to school and takes the test and doesn't do well on the test. Well, of course not, because nobody trained him. Nobody took the time to train him and work him through all his uncomfortable phase and his resistance. So his mind could learn how to embrace these particular uh, uh, steps that he had, had to learn. You're right. We're not doing them a service. Uh, it, it's a harder task to stick with it and teach them. On the other hand, once they learn it, not only do you not have to keep teaching them, they become more uh, you know, st- stronger people, uh, more confident people, and then they're willing to attack other things. Exactly. So like uh, in, in my case, if, if somebody that I'm working with and they're depending upon my expertise at editing or whatever it is, um, and then they're, I'm, they're defeating their own right by, by what I should say is go get this piece of software, go do this, get this book, get the fix it yourself handbook, and then study all that. And then you'll figure it out. That's right. And then come back to me if you can't, and I'll show you where to go to keep you on on the path, but I'm not doing this for you. It's not mine. It's that, exactly right, and it's yours, and it's yours to own. And what you end up doing is, you know, you're creating a situation where they can fly, birdie, fly. You're now uh, free, and you're and you're liberated to go do whatever you choose to do. Exactly. That's that's. that's I wish I was that smart. That would be really good. It was, <laughs> but, but I tend to I tend to re re. Uh, um, how do, you, how do you help people not re- recreate the same thing over and over and over again? Because there are patterns that we develop in life. And, and, the, and that's, the, that's the key word, patterns. We've developed the patterns because the way the brain works, neurologically, the way the brain works is to learning is a function of repetition over time. So the more we repeat behaviors, thoughts and behaviors, the more the brain adjusts to them and it becomes a default way we do business. If we're going to change that, we're going to put repetition and time and time together in a different direction, hopefully the positive one that, that, that teaches us a new skill over time. It's not like not uncommon to, you know, you, you watch little league players play and, you know, let's say labor, it's the shortstop and, you know, the balls hit him and then it keeps going under his glove and the coach is going to keep on saying, get your glove down, get your glove down. And it may go on a hundred times and finally a shortstop gets the message and the glove goes down. The ball doesn't squirt underneath and, and, and uh, he becomes more uh, proficient at his position. And that's what we're doing. It's just doing it over and over again, but committing to do it and sticking with it. You get there. So it's not something that you can just blindly do. This is a really is a choice. 
to decide what you really want to, how you would like to live your life, and then you go about, I don't know, maybe somebody should develop a handbook, uh, maybe a book that, you know, that can help people fix themselves. Uh, maybe, maybe you could call it the Fix Yourself Handbook. Maybe that would be a good thing to do. What do you think? That would be just brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately, we all need a... Uh, um, uh, a counselor. I, I know. I know several people that make that are really, really, really successful, and they have a coach. And so, if you don't have a coach, you can get a, a handbook, if you will, and you can follow the handbook. And uh, you can also, uh, I'm sure that if somebody wanted to call you, they could call you, couldn't they? Absolutely. Uh, you can call me. Uh... The uh, information's on the website. I'm really good about getting back to people. So, so uh, you know, and, you know, and I, I wrote the book to be a reference book. So, you know, when you, uh, let's say, you know, you work the chapter on anger, then you do pretty well. And then maybe six months or a year down the road, you feel it coming back. You can go right back to it. It's three or four, I think it's five pages. And then I, gi I give everyone exactly the steps in every chapter, 36 chapters. I give everyone the steps that you take to do exactly what you need to do to make the changes. So you can go back and get it if you have to. That's awesome. And uh, again, that's the Fix Yourself Handbook. And uh, you can pick that up at Barnes & Noble or any, really probably anywhere at this point. You've been out doing this for a little while now. So it's been it's been really good for you, hasn't it? It has. You know, um, it's been a great experience. Lots of people are coming, uh, you know, emailing and getting back to me and saying this really changed their lives couples are using it uh, in their marriages business people are using it to train their team so it's been a really rewarding experience and then the second book i hope will come out by the end of 2022 so we're going to attack anxiety in that book and it's going to be called the fix your anxiety handbook without medication without med well that's the goal you try, you know, a lot of people will be on the medication when they start. Now, when I you know when I used to counsel, when I started counseling, maybe five or 10% of my people were on medication over the past 30 years. Now it's, it's kind of flip-flop. They come in and probably I'm going to say 80% are on medications, you know, and medications treat the symptoms. They don't treat the problem. If we get the problem alleviated, you'll be surprised how few people need meds. And the meds are, are not a benign substance. They have a danger unto themselves. They do. You know, so, you know, you, you try to get it to the point that either you alleviate those medications or um, uh, you get down to the lowest dose. And we always, you know, I always advise people as you're going forward and, and getting stronger inside, just work with your doctor. Don't just decide, okay, I'm strong. And the meds go, you'll find withdrawal. You don't want to experience but uh you know it's a weaning off process and that's what life is a process little by little we get to where we need to go you know while i got you here uh, um faust i wanted to ask you about uh something that that has um a condition that has come up that i hadn't heard of way back when and it's and, but it's it's more prevalent now or it's out there now more and that's bipolar um, is that, is that a newer thing, newer term? Is that a, just a different term of a, of an older thing? Yeah, it's uh, we used to call it manic depressive. Uh, oh, and but what okay. we've done over the years is split it into two categories. We have, um, one category where you're really, really, uh, you know, have the old manic depressive, uh, symptoms. So bipolar in that regard says 
you know, those are the ones that get real depressed or they can get real high. And, you know, for the next day or two, they're just, you know, uh, just, you know, on, on lightning bolts. But uh, and then there but the, the most most of what we see is is the second kind of bipolar, which is just simply ups and downs. I got I'm kind of really nervous and anxious today. And then I got really depressed tomorrow and they can still function. But, um, you know, it, the moods don't stay the same. And typically for that, these folks, they'll put them on one antidepressant and it seems to take care of it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just we, we, uh, we rename things, you know, and everyone uh, sees someone and when they're misbehaving, they're bipolar. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, again. <laughs> Well, now it's become it's become almost a catch-all for for yeah, somebody yeah. who's who's got a bad attitude. Yeah, you just be careful labeling people. You know, they, we did that, and then uh, over the last four or five years, narcissistic kind of took over, and everybody's narcissistic. You know, and there are actually eight or nine uh, components you have to satisfy to get to a narcissistic label. And just about everyone who said who's been uh, accused of being narcissistic is not. So you know, you can. Uh, take take some comfort in that we're not narcissistic well i i if this was a different show i'd I ask you about one particular person but i'm not going to do that i know you aren't because <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 not what we do here but uh um but being a narcissist and and you know we we strive to try and just be all around good human beings and uh, i know that that's the work that you're engaged in is to help people live their lives more effectively so they can live their lives more effectively. Does that <laughs> that's that's the game. We try we try to get people just to get stronger inside. You're you're happier, you're healthier, you're more productive. Uh, you know, and, and if you can do that, then you know you feel good about the way you're living life. That that's what that's what we're that, that's the whole game. That's what counseling's all about. That's what we're doing here. Well, I really appreciate you coming onto the uh, program and talking with us today. Uh, you you are really very good in in all phases of what you're doing. So, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate it, and I'd love to be on your podcast one of these days. Hint, hint, hint. I may just ask you to be on the radio show. So, I'm be ready. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm game uh, because you know. Uh, no, I'm not going to put a commercial out for myself, but uh, um, um, I would like to, uh, again, thank you. And, and if you go to your website, which is Faust, and I'm going to spell your last name so that people get this, um, probably because I can't say it, R-U-G-G-I-E-R-O, and that's Faust Rujujo, and that is uh, um, uh, .com. And he's got all the all the information about him, about the book. You can order the book. You can also learn more about what uh, he's working on for the future and, and make a connection with him and to do all that kind of stuff. Is there anything about your website you'd like to know that, or like to say that I have not said? Just that uh, if you're interested in, in the Fix Yourself Handbook, everything about the book is there. There are chapter outlines there. There are excerpts from the book, so you can get a good feel for whether – or not, this is something you you want to incorporate in, in, into your life. You know, I was reading the uh, reviews. There are some really, really cool reviews about about the work that you've done there. Yeah, it's done very well, and people have been very, very gracious. You know, so I'm I'm very thankful for that. Well, and I I'm believing more and more that people need to be the change, and you are being a change agent to try and get people to recognize that everything comes from within. And that's, that's, 
everything comes from within. I can't say it any better than that. And, and that is exactly where it is. Everything you have, everything you need is already inside you. Just need to know how to go inside and get it, how to champion it, how to make, make it work for you, and how you wrap it around the rest of your world. That's, that's what the Fix Yourself Handbook is all about. So any questions, please, by all means, get back to me. You know, it's interesting that, that when you, we talk about that it's all inside you, uh, like Neil Donald Walsh has always said, it's not a matter of learning more, it's a matter of, of remembering. Because you already have all the information that you need. But it's a matter of, of getting a, a, a item that can help you understand where you're going and, and, and how to access that information that's already inside you. And the Fix-It-Yourself handbook can do that. That's what your design was, right? That was the design. You know, the key is smaller chapters, so you don't have to uh, stay with it for again, four or five pages. And But the, the important thing is that at the end of every chapter, I don't just leave you hanging. It's kind of a kind of concern I have with self-help books. Um, I, I give you the exact steps you need. So again, whether it's honesty or people-pleasing or whatever it may be, at the end of the chapter, I say, do these things. And if you do them over and over again, it will change. It will become a habit. That's right. And a good habit, you're going to have habits anyway. You might as well make them good habits. Exactly. So that's 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 really cool. So, by the way, if you have any, uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to say anything that you'd like to our audience now and in the future, because this is going to become a podcast on positivetalkradio.net. Um, as soon as Benny turns it around, which he's really good at that, so he'll turn that around today or tomorrow, and then it, this will be up on positivetalkradio.net, and uh, our, our guest is Foster Ruggiero. Thank you, Ruggiero. <laughs> thank you very much. And the Fix-It-Yourself Handbook. Uh, Foster, give, give us um, uh, a minute and a half of whatever you'd like it to know. You know, I, I, these are things I get asked a lot, and, and, and what I like all the, all the listeners to understand, first of all, is that no one's better than you. No one's more creative. No one's more anything. You have all the ability inside that you need. Take a step back. Get off of what you uh, ha have been doing. Stop following the crowd. Don't worry about that. Let the crowd do what the crowd wants to do. Set your own, your own pace. Decide who you want to be. And then be willing to do the work that it takes to get there. If you're willing to do that, you will find your life changing. But I guarantee you, if you continue just following the crowd, I don't care if it's fashion, I don't care what's trending, I don't care if it's language, whatever it may be. The only thing you're going to get is you're going to be following. They're not going to look at you as anything special. The, the first person that has to look at you as special is you. And when you do, you'll create the life you want. Be committed. Take your time. Don't give up. It's all in there. Bring it out. That's just awesome. Thank you very much, sir. And the Fix It Yourself Handbook is the work. And uh, go find it and uh, put it by your bedside. And uh, then you can you can look at it every night and, and see what you wanted to go do next. It can become a, a real fun adventure for you, can't it? Uh-oh. I'm here. 
Oh, you're there? Okay. <laughs> just lost you for a moment. You know, you just never know. But in, in any event, I want to thank you very much, Foster, for being here. And go get the Fix-It-Yourself handbook. It's, it's great to have you. And and, uh, and we'll have to get together again because I, I just the information is so timely. It is so, it's such a good idea. Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and uh, thank you, Benny, for getting here and getting here at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever you got here. Appreciate it. Anything for you, sir? And uh, I want everybody to be, be careful this week. Take your time. Relax. If you're going to be late, that's okay. Nobody cares. Just don't get into an accident. Don't get hurt. Take care of yourselves, everybody. We'll see you Wednesday at 4. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.